trustworthy. I was like, well, that sounds like us, right? Yeah, totally. I was like, that's great. So today we're talking about believers, that's us, because we believe in Christ. Amen? If you don't, you're probably in the wrong place, but it's all going to turn around for you, I promise. So I want to share some stories today, and the first one is, um, we've got a couple of stories out of the Bible, which is a good place to find stories, right? And um, they're, about, they're about people who knew their God, who they knew he was limitless. And the first story I want to look at is about Elijah calling down fire, right? And I've got a wee picture about that just so you feel, yeah, there it is, ha! just so you get, get with the picture. So this is the Lego version. So it probably didn't look exactly like this, but I thought it was really cute. So, so on Mount Carmel is Elijah. He's all on his own. He's the prophet of God. And then we've got 450 prophets of Baal. Now, I know there's not 450 there, but it's Lego. Good picture anyway. So the story is um, Elijah's just getting tired of people. You know, like some of the people are worshipping Baals, some are worshipping God. Then they change over, oh, maybe Baal's God, maybe God's God. And he's like, come on, you guys, you know, you need to just make a decision. You need to know that God is real, right? So he gathers all the people on Mount Carmel and he says, let's see today whose God is real. We're going to put together two offerings, two burnt offerings. We're going to set them up. You guys will set up one that believe in Baal. And I'll set up one and we'll, we'll prepare the sacrifice and we'll call down fire. And whosoever God answers with fire, we know that they are God, right? And so they prepared it. The, the 450 prophets, they cut up their wood, they cut up their meat, they prepared the, the sacrifice ready for their God to bring down fire. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and they started calling. They started calling, Bow! Baal, you're our God, you know, send down fire, burn up this, this offering, send your fire. And he didn't answer. That's weird, eh? Do you know why he didn't answer? Because he wasn't God, right? <laughs> but they didn't know that. 450 of them thought he was. So they kept calling and calling and calling. And they were yelling and nothing was happening. And I just love Elijah in this story. He's a really funny guy, right? Because he starts mocking them. You know, maybe your God's sleeping. Maybe you need to yell louder because he can't hear you. Maybe, maybe he's busy. You know, maybe he's away somewhere. You know, maybe you need to try harder. This reminds me of my husband, actually. I could see him doing this. Where is your God? <laughs> this guy's funny, right? Elijah's a cool guy. And so they start yelling and screaming, so much louder, because they're like, Baal, send your fire, and they're cutting themselves. I don't know why they cut themselves. Apparently it was a bit of a thing back in the day. doesn't seem very bright, does it? So there's blood gushing, and they're screaming and yelling, and nothing happens. And this goes on until the evening. And then Elijah says, righto, it's my turn. (laughs) It's my turn. And he's prepared the wood and prepared the offering. And then we see in 1 Kings 18, 36, it says, oh, before I read this, he's also put water on it. He's so confident in who his God is. He's he's got the servants to heap buckets of water on, four big buckets of water. The thing is soaking. Like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And I can tell, 
I imagine the excitement, right? Like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. He's getting excited. And 1 Kings 18, it says, And it comes to pass at the time of the offering in the evening, evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known that on this day you are God of Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that and you have turned their hearts back again. And then the fire fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up all of the water. Wow. Imagine seeing that. God is a God of miraculous. God is a God that's limitless. And Elijah was a believer who was faith-filled. Elijah knew who his God was. He knew he was amazing, that there was nothing he couldn't do. Philippians 4.13 Amazing. Uh, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can even sometimes work this. <laughs> and that's a miracle. Amen. Now, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. I love that story about Elijah. You know, I was thinking, what is it that we believe that's not true in our world? What's the fake news? I love what Michelle was saying today about, you know, what are those thoughts that come into your mind? I can't do this. I'm not good enough. You know, I, I can't do this. I'm too old. Has everyone ever thought I'm too old? Do you know, my kids said to me the other day, I, we're driving to school. Yes, yeah, is a good story. <laughs> we're driving to school and my, my daughter, she's 13, and she says to me, oh, I'm you know, I'm so old and I just don't even know what I want to be yet. And I was like, yeah, you totally are. Um, I was like, well, it's okay because I don't even know what I want to be. And they had a laugh and they were like, you're a banker, mum. And I'm like, yeah, but I could be anything I wanted to be. And they were like, no, you couldn't, you're too old. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean I'm too old? Like, wow. I was like, I am not too old. I was like, if I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything, I could be anything I wanted, right? But sometimes we allow these thoughts to limit ourselves. Like, yeah, I'm too old to study. Um, I'm too old to change jobs. I'm too young to go out and do amazing things because young people don't do that. They're just crazy. <laughs> but I, should, I just want to share, actually, I was thinking, it reminded me of a story about a young guy I heard recently. Um, there's a really cool book that's come out, um, and I really don't know the name of it, but it's about kids and the miracles that they do. And uh, I read this story recently about a 12-year-old boy. Actually, I'll backtrack. It's about a man that has cancer. He doesn't know Jesus, and he's diagnosed with esophagus cancer, which I feel like is here. Yeah, you go. Medical professionals, it's here. Um, and his, he's got two children, and they say to him, why don't we go to Bethel, And because they've got healing rooms, and get prayed for. Obviously, they've heard of the healing rooms at Bethel, and they live in America. And the dad wasn't really keen, you know, we don't go to church, we don't go to healing rooms. But he got quite sick, and he was quite unwell. And after a while, he thought, yeah, let's go to Bethel, and let's go to the healing rooms. And he'd driven for hours to get there, he'd taken his whole family. And when he got there, he filled out all the appropriate forms and was waiting in the waiting room. And out 
from where he's waiting comes a 12-year-old boy and calls out his name. Mr. Jones, come on forward. And he thinks, what? He's a bit annoyed. He's like, I've traveled like hours to be here in this healing place and there's a kid coming to talk to me. Like, what's the deal with that? And the young boy, the 12-year-old, comes up and lays hands on his chest. And it also filled out a form and he said, on the form, I don't want anyone to touch me. 12-year-old kid doesn't care, lays hands on him. The minute he lays hands on him, the man falls under the power of God and is out for 45 minutes on the ground. God is working, amen. He wakes up and he's got a pillow under his head and he thought, what is going on here? They said, how do you feel? He's like, I feel amazing. First time in ages, I feel amazing. He sits up and his family said, wow, you've got all the color back. You look good, right? He's like, oh, I feel hungry. I feel hungry for the first time in ages. So he goes home. He goes to the doctor the next week, goes for an x-ray. They say, I think there's something wrong with the machine. They do it again. No, it's still not working. Three times they do the x-ray. And there's just this bright light down his throat. And they said, no, the machine's broken, sorry. You'll have to come back another day. And he rings his son and he tells them, oh, look, there's this bright light in my x-ray. And his son says, dad, that's God. He would have smiled if he knew you were going to take his picture. (laughs) And he got healed completely that day. Amen. You're never too young to fulfill what God has for you. You're never too old to fulfill what God has for you. You're not too rich. You're not too poor. You're not too busy. God has plans for you, plans that are limitless. Sometimes we just need to step out into those. Amen. Second Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Or often you hear it quoted, in my weakness, here's my strength, right? And the fact that we have weaknesses, whether it's how we think about things, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether you're anxious or depressed, when we have weakness, it's a great opportunity for God to be our strength. Amen. You don't need to hide these things from God because God knows you. He knows every inch of you. Wow, you know, today you might be struggling with anxiety. Praise God because he's your peace. You might be just struggling with depression. That's awesome because God will be your joy. Lonely? God's your comforter. When we give our weaknesses to God... He shows that he's our strength, amen. There's another really cool story I want to share today. It's out of the book of Joshua. And uh, there's there's a war going on, right, which seems to happen a lot in the Old Testament, right? There's always a war. There's always a battle. And uh, these five kings have decided they're going to destroy Gibeon. Right, because uh, because it's made peace with Joshua, they've gathered together, and there's this big war happening, and people are dying and they're fighting, and it says in Joshua ten verse six, and the men at Gibeon, which is also not what I'm reading, but I'm just leading into it, so it's okay. Uh, and the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, 
saying, do not forsake your servant, come up to us quickly, save us and help us. For all the kings of Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. And down in verse 8, Joshua says, and it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man shall stand before you. And they're in this battle, and God starts sending down hail, big hailstones, and killing them. And so many of them died. It says that the hail, more died from hailstones than the children of Israel that were killed by the sword. And the battle continues, and this is the part I want to highlight in Joshua 10, 12. It says, On that day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasur, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Man, I don't know about you, but I've never thought about asking God to make the sun stand still. It'd be really helpful some days because it's like, wow, I need more time. (laughs) Anyone else need more time? This is such an amazing story. Like, Joshua, these Old Testament dudes, they knew God, right? (laughs) Oops. Joshua, he knew who his God was. He knew that God was a God of miraculous. He heard God's word for him, telling him, you've got this. The victory is yours. And he stepped in to what he knew to be true. God was fighting for Israel that day. God's fighting for you today. He's fighting for your family. What is it that you're believing? What is it that you need to step into today to see God be strong? I've realized this doesn't actually work. Joe's just changing. (laughs) Anyhow, um, Matthew 19.26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men... This is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. What is it that you've been imagining or hoping for or dreaming for that seems impossible? Does anyone have any impossible dreams? Hey, good news. We serve a God that makes all things possible. You know, I was just thinking about our counseling and schools project a couple of years ago, we got together and we seen such a huge need. Who's going to help the children in Canterbury? Who's going to help them deal with the struggles they struggle with, with the earthquakes, with things that are going on in their homes? Who's going to help them? We couldn't help them, right? Because there's not enough of us. We didn't have enough money. But we thought, hey, we know some counsellors. We know God's got a plan, right? Because God's always got a plan. God wants the best for people. So let's just put it to God and see what we can do. And now we have a counselling and schools program. God is continuing to make a way. He's continuing to bring in counsellors. He's continuing to bring in finance. But sometimes we need to step out of the boat with that idea. Just because it seems too big, too amazing, too huge, 
doesn't mean it's impossible. You know, the last week or so, we had a prayer meeting the other day uh, on Monday, and there's a song uh, that James played. I've only heard it once before, but there's a line that just it stuck with me all week, and I feel like it's a, a prophetic word, actually, for us. And, and the, the line is, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And sometimes we think that we're surrounded by our situations and circumstances. It feels like the enemy has surrounded us. It feels like everything is going wrong. I'm having a bad hair day. I've lost my keys. I've got a bill that I didn't expect. My car just broke down. Anyone had those days? Yeah. Sometimes it feels like the enemy has surrounded us. But the good news is God is always surrounding us. And God is so much bigger. Amen. I'm going to play a little clip, hopefully. It's really short. It's from a video, and um, it's from a movie called Justice League. Anyone seen that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm a big believer that God speaks in many, many different ways. He speaks to us directly. He speaks through his word. As I said before, donkeys, burning bushes. He speaks through movies. He speaks through secular songs. God can speak through anything, and there's this little clip here I want to play. There's a bit of shooting going on, but don't worry, no one gets shot. (laughs) And I just want to highlight the end of it. So let's just take a wee look at that. That wasn't it. Oh, yes, it is. Maybe it is. Okay, it was a clip similar to that. It didn't work before, so I just picked it off the internet and that wasn't it. But that's okay. What I want to highlight is Wonder Woman. Has anyone seen the Wonder Woman movie? Yeah. So she's in this Justice Movie movie. Justice League movie, and there's this really cool clip, and I felt like God really spoke to me in it, right? Does anyone else have that when you're watching a movie, and it's like, wow, God's just really highlighting something in here. So in this clip, Wonder Woman jumps down from the roof. I don't know how she got in the roof in the first place, but this guy starts shooting at people, and as he's shooting, she's dodging all the bullets and saving everyone. There's like a big line of people, and he said, the guy who's shooting says to her, wow, what are you? And she says, I'm a believer. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. I was so excited. It was like God just went boom. And I was like, yeah, I'm a believer too. (laughs) Look what she can do. Obviously it's not real, but (laughs) but I can do stuff. And I felt like God just really dropped something in my spirit. Like, man, you're a believer. You're a child of God. Look what I've put in you. Oh, so exciting. So exciting. Proverbs 23, 7. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What is it we're thinking about ourselves? Are we thinking that we're not enough? Are we thinking we have lack? Or are we thinking that we're amazing, right? Does anyone think they're amazing today? I don't know if that's a reality for many people. Hey, I like that. I was standing here when I was listening to Michelle just before talking about the thoughts she has. 
you know, about, oh, who are you? And who do you think, are you ready to speak up there? And I thought, yeah, I have those thoughts too. I was having them on the front row. And you know what I started thinking? I started thinking, yeah, I'm amazing. Yeah, I was called for such a time as this. Yeah, I'm a child of God and I'm going to get up there and I don't care what anyone thinks because I'm doing what God's told me to do. Amen. And sometimes we just need to get a bit bold and a bit excited and we need to celebrate what God's placed in us because we're not perfect, but he is and he's in us and he's created us to be amazing and fabulous and limitless and to be that for everyone around us. Amen. Mm, Believer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) John, is this John? Yeah, it is. John 14, 12. He who believes in me, the works that I do also, and greater works than these he will do. This is Jesus, obviously. He who believes in me, the works that I do and greater he will do. You know, we think about Jesus and the amazing miracles we see in the Bible, turning water into wine. That would be a great trick, right? (laughs) Yeah, Healing people, lame people, blind people, deaf people bringing people back from the dead. Jesus says, the works that I do, you'll do in greater. You know, if you look around the world today, we've got amazing technology and we can see what's happening. And if you look in some countries, there are people, believers, that are doing those things. They're laying hands on the dead and seeing them rise. They're laying hands on people that are sick and lame and seeing them healed. And I don't know why we don't see it as much in our country as Maybe other countries do, but I know that God is a God of miracles, that he's the same yesterday and today, that he doesn't change. And maybe you've laid hands on people and they haven't been healed. Anyone try that? Yeah. And maybe you've laid hands on people and sometimes they have, right? Yeah. And do you know what? Just because I lay hands on someone and I don't see them healed doesn't mean that God's not a God that heals, right? Sometimes I might lay hands on someone and not see anything, but they go away and get healed. Sometimes they might have had someone pray for them and lay hands on them like hundreds of times. Does that mean they should give up? No, because God is a God that heals. Amen. Romans. Romans 8.32. Yes says, yeah, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 11 says, but the spirit who raised him, Jesus from the dead, dwells in us. I don't know if I had that. Maybe I did. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. That's pretty impressive, really, isn't it? Like some days you might struggle to get out of your house because it's too cold and life's too hard, right? But the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. There's actually nothing you couldn't do. Nothing. Like, seriously. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I feel like God is wanting to release hope afresh. We've just had our hope series. And, you know, and during the last few months, I feel prophetically there's been a shift in the atmosphere. And I feel like God is saying there's opportunities that haven't been here before. There's a there's an openness in the spirit. 
And I feel like God is encouraging his people to step out, to step forward, to be confident, to be bold. You know, what if, what if you asked your friend to come to church who didn't know God? That seems scary, right? It's not scary like being on a mountain with 450 prophets that believe in someone totally different than you, but it still feels scary, right? You know, I have a friend and her son came to church with us today and I messaged her last night. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like preparing a message. And then she messaged me later on and she's like, oh, so you're speaking at church? And I was like, yep. And then I thought, why don't I invite her to church? So I was like, well, it wasn't actually my first thought, but let's do that. And she didn't come, right? She said she'd think about it, but she didn't come. That's okay. But you never know until you ask. And it it reminded me... um, you might have heard Garth share the story before about Israel inviting him to cell group. And, and Israel kept inviting him and kept inviting him and kept inviting him and he kept saying no. And then after a while, Israel thought, I don't know what Israel thought, he probably just gave up, and he stopped inviting him. And it was around that stage that Garth was like, man, I wish he'd invite me because I really want to go to that group, right? And sometimes we hold back and we limit ourselves and we think people don't want to come to church. I don't want to invite them to church because I've invited them before and they said no and I'll feel bad. What if I invite them to come to church and they think I'm strange because they don't understand why I'm lifting my hands? But what if you didn't invite them to church? And what if no one ever did? And what if the amazing life that you live because God has transformed you, that all the amazing things that God's doing for you, what if that never happened for that person because no one ever invited them? You know, being limitless isn't just about church. But the reality is, as Christians, we're called to make a difference in the world. We're called to live larger, to shine brighter, to be bigger. (laughs) Philippians. Hmm. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. God called your name. You got saved. Woo! That's good news, right? But God's not finished with you. God says the work that he's doing in you, he'll see it through to completion. If you're sitting here today, there's more. There's so much more. God has an amazing plan for you. Can I call the musos up, please? Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of a world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. We're created to shine. We're created for so much more. And I don't know about you, but if I didn't go to church and the only Christian I knew was having a bad life, right? Things were hard and they were struggling and they always complained, then I probably wouldn't want to go to church either. But if the only Christian I knew was having an amazing life, was stepping out and doing crazy things, was always looking happy, was always believing, wow, wouldn't I want to go to church? See what that was all about? I remember the first time I come to church and there was hundreds of people and you know, they looked really happy. They looked happier than anybody I'd ever seen and there was a ton of them and I couldn't figure out why 
I couldn't figure out what was going on, but I knew something was different in their worlds. You are the light of the world. And God is calling us to shine. God is calling us to be a people who are limitless, who are not afraid, who are bold, who are courageous, who step forward, who stand tall, who be that light, who aren't afraid. And I want to pray for some people today. If you feel like that's speaking to you, if you feel like there's something that's held you back or there's areas in your life you want to step out. Maybe you've thought it, maybe you've dreamed it, maybe you've hoped it. You know, we'd love to pray with you. So as we stand and prepare to worship, I'm just going to pray first. Father God, I give thanks that you are a God that is limitless, that you want the absolute best for your children. And today we release boldness in the house. We release confidence. Lord, I ask that there would be testimonies of your goodness. Lord, I give thanks that when we step out, you meet us. Lord, that we would have stories of amazing transformations, of healings, of miracles, Lord. I give thanks for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And we just, we love you, Lord. Lord, release your blessing. I declare blessing and favour over everyone in this room, over every every family represented. I just declare your blessing. I declare favour. I declare healing. I declare miracles. Lord, there's nothing you can't do. Let us be ones who believe in a God that is limitless, that lives within us. Amen. Wow, let's stand together and let's worship.